0: Legislated skills development levies. What's in it for employees and employers? This is Stuff Employers Should Know.
1: Welcome to Stuff Employers Should Know. Proudly brought to you by LaborNet. Management's ultimate HR solution.
0: Welcome to Stuff Employers Should Know, the skills development edition. With the usual suspects, myself, Barry Gordon-Davis, and yes, like it, Ismail, our trusted audio producer. We are joined by Carl Veserman.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Thanks, Barry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> LaborNet's national skills and equity manager welcome to the studio
1: thanks for having me i'm really excited to be here and i've been looking forward to joining your podcast for a while now
0: so as we said today we're talking skills development
1: yeah well, look i'd like to kick us off with uh, a short parody or a quote of sorts and a cfo asks the ceo what if we train them and they leave and i like to think of it when the ceo replies and says what if we don't and they stay
0: What a great analogy for why these things are necessary. And I can't think of a better analogy to to really invest in your staff with the um, anticipation that they're actually going to be around for some time. Okay, Carl, so some employers are compelled legally to contribute a portion of their salary or wage bill to skills development. Um, When is it a requirement?
1: So Barry, it becomes a requirement when your wage bill or your salary bill goes over 500,000 rand per annum, and that's the employers that need to start contributing, that- percentage towards. And what
0: what is the exact percentage?
1: The exact percentage is 1% of their wage bill. Okay. That 1% goes through to the relevant authorities. And it's the
0: monthly wage bill and that then gets paid over. I'm that's correct. correct. So many employers who then contribute will just see their that, that payment being made to SARS and not actually know where that skills development levy that they're paying actually goes
1: to. Where does it go? So that's correct. Where that 1% comes off of your wage bill and it goes directly to SARS, SARS then distributes that 1% to Towards the skills development initiatives of the country and there's certain authorities that look after that and implement that and drive that throughout South Africa those authorities would be your CETAs which is your sectoral education and training authorities and after that you'd then have QCTOs you'd have your CETA administration that's where that one percent gets broken down into the relevant authorities.
0: Uh, contributing employers have the ability to access a rebate on their contribution in the form of a grant.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's correct. So where we look at it, there's a mandatory grant applicable and then there's your discretionary grant So those are the two different forms. Those are the two different forms.
0: Okay. What's a mandatory grant? So
1: a mandatory grant is any training at all, whether it's upskilling anybody on how to make a cup of coffee even, that's how simple it can be. As long as you keep an attendance register and track that training, That can be applied for through the mandatory grant section. In the next section, the discretionary grant section, that is based on your accredited and your pivotal training that actually leads to a qualification or there's a unit standard attached to it.
0: Okay, and what is the process that uh, contributing employers have to go through in order to have access to either one of these
1: grants? So the initial process is establishing a couple of mandatory requirements but from the CETAs that need to be in place within the employers' business to have access to these grants, which is appointing a skills development facilitator. That's SDF is responsible for monitoring, implementing skills development initiatives within the business, as well as then if you are above 50 or more employees, there needs to be a training committee in place to discuss these initiatives. The following criteria must also be applied to, which is your workplace skills plan and annual training report that needs to be submitted to your relevant CETA on an annual basis. And the deadline for that is the 30th of April.
0: Now, um, employers you know, might hear this and look at it as, okay, I want to have access to that piece of that pie that I'm contributing anyway. That's not the actual primary focus of these grants. Uh, The grants is actually focused on the upskilling of employees, which ultimately bears benefits.
1: Definitely. I think these grants give effect to the purpose of training and upskilling the workforce of South Africa, but I think the rebate part makes it more accessible. Training costs can be high. You know, when you look at your accredited training costs, Those courses can go up to any amount that the training provider decides it is, but I think the important part is to focus on how we can make that funding available to each employer to upskill their staff. There's a couple of options around this. Um, Some that have not been explored very often is where we look at your accredited training, that percentage of your 1% that you are paying is around 49.5%. That's the availability of claiming back through the levy that you are paying. And then a mandatory grant is 20% of that 1%. So we can see the total value of the 1% is 69.5% that we can claim back. Based on your wage bill, that would be different for each employer.
0: Now we've also got um the requirement as you mentioned of a workplace skills plan and an annual training report having to be submitted on an annual basis, am I correct? Yes, yeah. And that deadline's coming up now. It definitely is. It's so fast when is it? approaching.
1: 30th of April, deadline for all skills submissions to be in place and submitted to the relevant CETAs.
0: Okay, so all uh, contributing employers that want to then have access
1: to these or to claim from this would need to then have it done by then and that's where you guys can assist. 100%, Barry. We can assist in the application for those grants, as well as completing all the administrative functions. But our real value comes in where we advise you on the best practices on how to achieve this within your workplace and ensure that you do develop and maintain your staff's competence levels in what they do.
0: You discussed the two grants that are available to contributing employers. Um, Are there any other relief measures?
1: Yeah, there are other relief measures applicable here, Barry. So there are certain tax deductibles that apply to A lot of the training that falls within the discretionary grant space, but it is further on learnerships, where you look at implementing learnerships within your business, you have the ability to benefit from a 12H tax deductible on that cost of that learnership. So it's making the cost of the learnership more affordable and we can actually implement change and skills development within the workplace.
0: I must say with the, the processes and procedures on all these ones, it does sound pretty complex and I think that's probably why it's advisable to get in touch with an expert on these specific types of applications so that employers can do so and ensure compliance at the
1: same time. It is very effective and in assisting in achieving that goal for our clients, keeping that in mind and ensuring that we make that training more accessible to their employees. And ultimately, we look at the benefit of training, and it's not only about morale and development of staff members, but it also impacts the employer's bottom line through increasing productivity and efficiencies within the business, ensuring that employees complete their tasks and functions correctly.
0: Thank you for your time today, Carl. Um, It's been very interesting, and to see the different... Methods and ways in which employers that are required to pay these levies can actually use it to invest in their staff, which then ultimately is an investment into their own productivity and skills that they can then use as an output. Uh, so that's it for another episode of Staff Employers Should Know. If you want to get in touch with Kyle um, or us, uh, use social media or drop us an email at sesk@labernet.com. And uh, yeah. So from myself and uh, Carl and Yas, who's been very quiet today, till next week, cheers.
1: Stuff Employers Should Know was proudly brought to you by LabourNet, management's ultimate HR solution. For more episodes from Stuff Employers Should Know, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you play your favorite shows. Case law or statutes referenced in the podcast are current at the time of recording.